This is Mike. And this is Drew. Welcome to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View podcast. It is May 3rd, 2023. And for episode 15, we want to know, is technology worth the challenges it can bring to ministry? And just right off the bat, I'd say yes. I mean, I think about some of the technology we use like every day. And like, there's a lot of it. I was reading this article about... You know, it's one of those kind of clickbaity titles. 15 things every church must have in its technology stack. <laughs> right. And the idea is, like, it's actually not, w- like, weird stuff. It's, like, stuff that's important. Like, the first one is an online calendar. It's like, oh, yeah, we use that stuff, you know? Uh, we have a website. We have social media. Um, we use design software as we're, you know, building slides and stuff. Let's see what else do we have. Oh, file sharing. You just sent me a file, like, two seconds ago as we're... Preparing for so this far, everything you've mentioned are things I've learned to use and mm-hmm. almost rely on mm-hmm. at this point, and it makes my life easier at this yeah. point. And like, and then you know, you think about the actual challenges of it. I think the biggest challenge comes with um, people who are not familiar with these things, and so they're a little bit behind in terms of like, how do I actually use this stuff? You know, when you get a new piece of technology. It, it can be really difficult to learn. There's a huge learning curve with a lot of this stuff. Which my dad knows more about this kind of technology than I do. So some of it's personality-based, you know, where I just told you I didn't discover Pandora.com until like <laughs> 2012 or 2013. And when I got my first smartphone in 2014, I had to call my dad to find out which was the best kind and the best deal. I had a certain budget. So, you know, here I am. 34 years old, and I'm behind the curve even for uh, Gen Xers and baby boomers in Mm -hmm. some cases. But I see the benefit of it, so I'm willing to learn it. And I think the reason we're even bringing this topic up is not just because we're at a small church, although there's some inspiration there. We've all had to make some new steps in technology, but any ministry I've been in, there's always that debate. Is the new technology going to be worth the time it will take to learn it, to discover the learning curve that could mm-hmm. f- be frustrating, and the the investment and the updates? I was going to say the finances, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think we've had some of those discussions here. We talked about kind of upgrading our, our cameras around here. Um, the yeah. current camera we use isn't great, and I would love to get a new one. Um, yeah, Brady Boone, who's helped get this podcast going and is the one who gets it online and things like that, uh, editing, and uh, he's a part of our Sunday morning uh, routine of getting these uh, services recorded on his personal GoPro. Uh, he's been willing to donate these things, and he's talked about, hey, here's some areas we need to improve. And when I got here, there were television screens up on the wall that were not being used. We started getting those used for basic slides. Then I added sermon slides. And then, uh, you know, we got stuff on, uh, again, Brady Boone getting stuff on YouTube. And even though we've touched on some of these things before, uh, I think this episode is really asking, is it worth uh, tech, not just online things, but technology in general? Um, Because I can tell you, Drew, the first church I preached at, uh, Westside Christian Church in Morristown, I didn't even have a microphone at that church. You spoke really loud? Well, I do that naturally, yeah. And everybody at that church sat in the very back, so I had to project. <laughs> but you know, there was no, there was no technology, no screens, no yeah. slides, no microphones, and uh, that was kind of a relief in some ways. It simplified things, but for those who were hard of hearing, it was frustrating. Yeah. And for me doing the speaking, uh, it was frustrating because it could be a voice, an unnecessary 
voice strain. So I, starting with the basics, appreciate the technology of microphones and speakers because it can help the hard of hearing, and I appreciate uh, screens because the church I grew up in, in Valley Center, Kansas, there were deaf people who attended. There were people who were um, able to look up on the screens and read Bible verses and see points. That helped them. And then for me as a child, taking notes in Mm -hmm. the main service, it helped me to look up and to uh, stay interested with biblical truth in a in a special way, you know, because we are living in a visual world. Very much so. I mean, I think about my first sermon here. I I used a video, you know, and that I I hope it enhanced. I think people made fun of it because it was Willy Wonka, but right, uh. but it <laughs> but it accomplished. But the technology, by definition, is a manner of accomplishing a task, especially using technical processes, methods, or knowledge. And in your case, you were using that as an illustration mm-hmm. for a deeper biblical point you were going to make, but you drew in everybody, because whether we like it or not, we have to at least be honest enough to say, you and I, as preachers and speakers and teachers of the Word of God, we do have some competition with attention spans and things of this nature, and that's that's almost a whole other topic, but to me, that is where some of the technology starts becoming worth it, is we're speaking the language, the audiovisual language of the people we're trying to serve. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say is, like, technology for me has been almost assumed in my life. You know, I had a smartphone at, like, probably 13, and so I've just always had, you know, Facebook and all these things. And so, I mean, I was thinking about, you know, you at your first church preaching, um, while there may not have been technology in the building, you probably used, you know, texting or an email to, you know, book uh, coming there and stuff like that and, and well, the communication yes, aspect of things. Right. So I would sit there in the afternoons uh, in between the morning and evening service and I would type out next week's sermon and That's I would right. yeah. do homework assignments because they did have Wi-Fi to the building. Wow. So I got to use that. So, no, you're absolutely right. Even the most simplistic approach at this point still harnessed some of that technology. And and I know we're saying technology, we're talking internet, but if you go to Genesis chapter 417, we see that Cain built a city, right? Uh, yeah. If you go to Genesis 422, Tubal Cain made things out of bronze and iron and Noah built an art, right? I got, right? I've got family coming in this weekend. I'm graduating from Johnson University with my master's degree, and they're coming out to celebrate. And uh, by the way, quick plug for Johnson University, Tennessee, Florida, or online, great place to receive uh, biblical education for any career field or calling. Yeah, we're not sponsored, though, so Johnson, if you hear this, we'd love to get a sponsorship. So I can't say johnsonu.edu, go check that out. No, I think that's totally fine. We're just not going to get paid for that. (laughs) So my family's checking out the ARC experience up there in Kentucky on the way down for my graduation, and that's technology, right? For Noah, it it is, again, uh, a manner of accomplishing a task, especially using technical processes, methods, or knowledge. So technology uh, could be... could. for this church we're sitting in, in 1955, they built this whole structure, and that required uh, more updated technology than it did in 1855. Right, right. You, you know, so they. I look at the windows, I look at uh, some of the different types of beams and uh, things they use to build this, and I'm going, technology shifted over those last hundred years. They used newer technology to build this church building than the one that was sitting out by the road since, say, 1905. Right. So even... 
technology does not just mean telecommunications, uh, even though that's likely where this conversation is going to go. But to think of that bigger picture and realize um, it's really using a specific skill set and knowledge for the kingdom. Right. And I think that's the key. Like, it's for the kingdom because we can use all sorts of technology. I mean, I got a microwave sitting over there, you know, like that's not that important for the kingdom. But I'd say that's not against the kingdom. That keeps me fed (laughs) during the day. Yeah, but if if you quickly just take the shortcut and say, well, uh, you know, what's the quickest way to get somebody in the door? Usually it's going to be food, and so you offer quick meals that can be prepared spontaneously and be delicious, then maybe that's what it takes for a youth group event. You pop a ton of popcorn, and, you know, and it doesn't take much to apply any technology for the kingdom. And then the conversation becomes messy because people say, well, that technology of, say, the internet or writing, even just writing letters, which, you know, that's our Bible is comprised of technology. Yeah. The technology of writing has not always existed. It was created and implemented and improved. Writing can be used for terrible things. Absolutely. And in the book of James, we'd read that even the tongue... Yeah. can be used for great good or great evil as far as words are concerned. So we could have that conversation that all technology uh, should not be judged on the basis of whether it is exclusively used for good or evil, but whether or not we can redeem it for good. Yeah, I was thinking about AI, you know. Um, <laughs> my mom texted me and said, oh, this pastor yeah, made the AI write a sermon, and it was like really good. And it's like, whoa, that's that's kind of crazy. So, like, where do we go with that? Because I think the art of writing a sermon that comes, A, from the Bible, and B, from the heart, um, cannot be lost and will not be lost. But if we just start plugging things into AI and things get really easy, is is that still beneficial? I don't even know. <laughs> Well, I would tell you one thing humanity craves is genuine articles. Yeah. So even if the masses can be temporarily entertained, there's this, there's this deep craving that ends up coming up mm-hmm. to say, I, I need some genuine truth. That comes up in every generation. So like you say, even if it works for a while, and my brother-in-law teased me about that years ago. They say, you know, hey, Mike, you wouldn't believe I just heard this great AI sermon. And I said, <laughs> well, that's great because if there's enough information of the gospel out there online to be harnessed into a message, right. then maybe we've done our job in using technology well. Perhaps, yeah. But I agree with you. Uh, number one, you don't want to get lazy, <laughs> right? right? You, you can joke about it, but the reality is that we are aware of ongoing life situations. We care about souls that the that an AI could not ever care about because it does not have one. Mm-hmm. And yet, I think AI could be redeemed and harnessed for uh, for fun, or maybe even for some powerful moments, because in some ways, the AI cannot create. It can only put together and right, merge like what has been created. Yeah. And so if th- if we as preachers and past generations of uh, teachers of the Word of God and believers putting out truth gave enough content for the AI to create a sermon, I think that's good. I think yeah. that's a win. Yeah. Um, I was going to say... Oh, oh, oh. So, like, one of the things that I try really hard to do when I preach is kind of bring some personal stories in there. Because then yes. you can tell it's very human. It's yes. me. There are stories from my life, you know, my experiences in college or as a kid or whatever. So that you can tell, like, it's me. It's not coming from... I mean, that's not why I do it. But that's. I guess that's one of the reasons why I do it. 
so that you can tell it's me talking. It's not anyone talking through me, except the Lord, of course. Well, sure, and Jesus would gesture to things right around him, like fields and fig trees and right. temples, and be like, hey, this, this here's an application. Uh, we've been doing this in our sermon series, Story Time with Jesus, parables from Matthew, mm-hmm. and that Jesus is drawing in from current real life to make the kingdom real in that moment. And you're right, that's something that technology should only amplify but it cannot create necessarily. And one of the fears I've heard too is, hey, we're post-pandemic now, it's 2023, and uh, what has that done? Online churches, what has that done to the future of the church? And we've discussed that on this podcast. You can go back, and I can't remember all the titles, but you can go back, and a lot of the titles are self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. But there's an article just just this year, just March 28th, in a report by Justin Notary and Michael Rotolo uh, through the Pew Research Center uh, that says, after rebounding from early pandemic lows, in-person attendance at religious services has leveled off. In other words, they go over all the stats, and all the stats reflect is there has been a slight drop Mm -hmm. in in in-person attendance, but due to uh, some of those statistics being awash by new people who never attended before beginning to attend— Right, right. We really have not seen a dramatic shift away from in-person fellowship uh, towards a reliance on online technology. It's been a shift, but it's been very minimal, and it, it couldn't even be defined as, say, a paradigm shift. It's it's minimal. So for us, you and I as ministers looking ahead to the future, uh, I don't I don't have a fear that technology will replace what we do. My question is, can we continue to, like we are right now on this podcast— Look for the technology that's working and plug the kingdom into that. Right, and continue to to build it up so that we can use it. Yeah, um, I wanted to say that that brought up a verse. First Chronicles 12, uh, 32. From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And there's more to that, but that's the main uh, meat of that. And it, the idea that these are people who understand what's going on around them. Yes. And they're able to use the tools around them to... Uh, cast vision for the future. Well, that's just it, because even in the biblical times, if you look from the times it was written uh, to the time it was completed and canonized, so much changed that there were reapplications of what God looks like on earth. Right. I mean, from the time um, the the Bible was written to, you know, the, you know, 300 or so, we, we kind of understood, oh, like, there's such thing as, like, the Trinity. that The Trinity's not really mentioned in the Bible. Right, but it, but it's a truth, and because there were councils and things that discussed this in a different type of technology, a communication, it had to be established. Mm-hmm. Because before that, most of your truth got passed down through oral tradition, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, then writing is becoming a thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's becoming a big thing. Yep. And so now we got to write these things down, whereas oral tradition used to be good enough back in the, uh, you know, even even 30 AD when, uh, you know, Jesus would have been out preaching, it was still enough. Well, even towards the end of that time, uh, you get the fall of the temple, uh, you know, I'm sorry, fall of Jerusalem, 70 AD, mm-hmm. and there's this increase in writings because stuff has to be sent out to the diaspora as Jews are scattered and Christians are scattered. Uh, writing becomes more of an essential technology. 
where it wasn't when all the family stayed on the back 40 and everybody stayed in the same town. Right. It wasn't as necessary. And we're seeing some of that today where our society has been more mobile and then more static. And I think we're entering a time where our society is going to become more static again, and we're less likely to move around, move around, and more likely not to circle the wagons, but to dig roots a little deeper. Sure. And so our technology needs are going to shift. We've been reliant on a lot of FaceTimes and Zooms, and families have learned the hard way. We've all learned. It's not sufficient for building no. great relationships. And I think that's part of the reason, at least for me, I, I wanted to do this podcast in a way that I'm literally sitting across the room from you. That's right. That You and I had discussed, hey, you know, and for those that don't know on this podcast, I've announced recently that I'm called to serve as the senior pastor at Antioch Christian Church in northwest Wichita, Kansas. And that's across the country. It's back near my family, and I'm excited for that. But the heartache in that is we do love our church family here. We love our Johnson University family. We love the friends and family we have in the Blount County area. And Drew, you and I discussed, what does a podcast look like moving forward? And pretty quickly, within minutes, we just said, you know, we don't want to do a a virtual connected podcast between you and I. It's just not the same. We can't riff off of each other the same way that we can sitting in the same room. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and appreciate the technology we're using, the irony is this technology works because you and I are sitting across from each other and we can have a more engaged conversation. A little bit of discussion before and after is part of what we look forward to. So with technology, it does have its limitations. Absolutely. It we still are going to be human beings and that has to come out in all that we do. And it will, of course. Um but there's a temptation to, you know, in an attempt to make things more efficient, we start to remove some of the things that um, probably may be harder but are beneficial in the the struggle. Right, right. Because if, if and this goes back to the, the, the broader use of the word technology, from construction to even upstairs here at the church, you know, where there's been decisions about how often do we use the camera? What occasions do we use the camera for? And uh, do we use the screens? Are we relying on them too much? Do you know? Mm-hmm. And you go back and forth, and you just keep asking the question: Is it our servant, or are we becoming its servant? Right, and that's that. My temptation always is to like get really obsessed over technology. I mean, my office setup at home is like probably a little overkill, but it's so fun. <laughs> but. Uh, in the church setting, it's so different because um, we we have to be the servant of the people around us as opposed to um, anything else. Well, I, I, I agree 100% because if you are stressed out about getting the computer running just right and the right. program messes up <laughs> and you're sitting there going, I hate this, I hate this so much, and you didn't get to visit with... Right. Anybody. Well, right there, we are now becoming a servant of technology. And it's a fine line. And I've I've opened up a laptop and there's an update going on. And I immediately have to decide, okay, am I gonna am I gonna stress about this? Or am I always gonna have a paper copy backup of my sermon and yeah. my Bible? I've had to learn that lesson over the past year or so, for sure. <laughs> and and that's what you do because yeah. the top priority is not that I gotta get my laptop to work before I can preach, but if my laptop works, it's more convenient. All my Bible verses are there, but it's not going to dictate my day. Yeah. And when you go to Romans 12, 3 through 8, uh, you might be familiar with this talking about Christian gifts. Uh, I think, to me, this summarizes 
our role in this topic. It says, for by the grace given me, I, do, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And then it talks about gifts, and the point being, there are some that are gifted with different types of technology, and I want to plug those gifts in. Yeah, absolutely. And so if if somebody knows maintenance and construction, or somebody knows auto mechanics or audiovisual, I want to plug all those gifts in without allowing anybody to become a servant to that technology. Very much so, yeah. I think that's a good place to end it. I, I agree. Um, I, uh, I think it is becoming more real as we wind down this podcast that there's more and more things we want to say, but I think we'll have the time and space to say those at another point in time. But yeah. um, as far as technology in the church, the bottom line is that, uh, like you had mentioned earlier, uh, you know, there are some people who need to use those gifts. Yeah, you need, and, and as long as uh, those gifts serve the kingdom, we're good to go. This has been Mike, and this has been Drew. Thanks for listening to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View podcast. Uh, you can email us at uh, podcast at mvcc the number six mile dot org, and uh, you can share this with your friends and family. And uh, yeah, eat your quesadillas. <laughs>